Hola primo, primas. We are back. We are the puro pinche primos. I'm your primo Luis Velasquez. That, like always, is your primo Christopher Costello. We are the primos. What is going on, primo? How you been? How's your week going? What are you doing right now? Uh, right now, I am getting ready and doing several things to prepare myself for right. NFL football. Right, right. Right. The Saturday, early, mid-afternoon, right before um, everybody's about to watch the Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens. Um, so I'm getting food ready. I'm getting my appetite builder set up. Okay, um, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Getting ready to, to catch this game. I am incredibly excited. I know we're going to get into picks later on, but I am. I just want to say that I am split in half between the success of the Houston Texans, and we'll talk about them later, but... I'm excited for them, and yet I am also hating on the fact that they have made it to the second round of the NFL playoffs. But aside from that, I think, you know, I wanted to jump into uh, some more so college basketball cheese, we talked about for this episode. Yeah, yeah. I but think, go ahead. you've had some very serious basketball news in your own house. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, shout out to my son. He's been on our show a couple of times. Uh, Elijah Luis Velasquez, who was looking forward to his first ever game, uh, basketball game. Oh, this was going to be his first game. This, today, was supposed to be his first game, because last Saturday was snowed out, right? And so, this game was supposed to be his first game, but like I said, like, I've been bringing Elijah to my practices, right? And he's been, uh, developing his skills, and he was working on rebounds whenever my guys are working on rebounds. Or anything like that that I feel like he's like not big enough for. Um, I have him do stuff against the wall. So he was throwing up a ball up against the wall and jumping up and uh, getting the rebound. And uh, <laughs> I am also I've also been known to be clumsy in my life, right? Growing up, <laughs> you very well know, right? Unfortunately, I have passed that down to my kids, um, and he. Uh, Jumped up for the ball. He jumped up and tripped over his own feet in the air somehow, and fell hard on the uh, on the court. And uh, um, shout out to him. Like I, you know, I'm. I talked. I talked to you before. Like I'm trying to build up his toughness, and so like he he started crying a little bit. And I went up to him and I was like, "All right, take a couple of breaths." And he took a couple of breaths. Right, he fought back the tears. Like it was could have been a lot worse. I was like, "All right, like." I got to finish practice. Just go sit over there. You have your iPad. And he, like, he sucked it up. And uh, me not thinking anything at all. Like, like all right. Like, Wait. Yes. Hold on. Yes. I did not know this information of the story. Wait a minute. So he wasn't at his own practice. He's at one of your practices. Yeah, he's at my practice. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because when I saw that, I thought he was at his own practice. This happened. Coaches rushed to him. Like, you're there. Somebody's there. And they get him. And then whatever. So... Correct me if I'm wrong. He's at one of your practices, gets hurt, and you're like, go tough it out and sit down over there until we're done. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. That's how I went down. <laughs> um, and so, like, and he was like, okay. Because, look, bro, like, and this is what I tell my kids all the time. He is tough, then. Yeah, well, look, I tell my kids this every time, right? Especially Ariana, right? Um, you can't cry freaking bloody murder over every little thing because when it is bloody murder... Nobody's gonna believe like you. Yeah, 
And I couldn't believe you, right? And so, case in point, he should have been crying bloody murder. I did not believe him. And uh, not that I believe him. Like, I just wanted him to shake, like, suck it up. And so, he was all right. Um, I thought he was all right. He we we went home like we iced it. Um, I was like, okay, I'm so dirt on it. Yeah, we're gonna be all right. We're gonna be all right. But then I realized like that night, like he he had a rough night Thursday night. Yeah, he slept through the night on it. Well, no, he did not sleep through the night. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good so for him. He did not sleep because he was so uncomfortable. He could every time he'd move and all this stuff, and so. Uh, I was like, oh, man, we're, like, and I'm thinking at that point at, like, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, like, maybe I should go take him to the ER right now. Um, But, uh, no, he toughed it out, and then, like, I took Keisha to work, and then uh, he, uh, and then I was about to take him at about 9, 10 o'clock in the morning. I was going to take him to the ER at that point, but at that point, like, he fell asleep. Right, and I was like, he didn't sleep all. He maybe had like an hour of sleep, numb from the night of pain. Right, probably. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, like at nine o'clock, like he fell asleep, and I was like, oh, I don't want to wake him up. He's got some sleep in him, and so he did not. He did not wake up until about three. Oh all right? wow! And then at this point, like I got to go to practice. Keisha's getting off work. And so he uh, he didn't wind up going to the ER till like four o'clock. Oh, he did not get seen really because uh, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the ER. ERs. And uh-huh. so uh, he was at the ER for like three and a half to four hours. And so he went twenty four hours. Yeah, he went twenty four hours. And so uh, I don't ever want to hear from you that this is not a tough kid. <laughs> Ever again. Hey, I told you last week, like, I got to work on building up his toughness, right? He's a sweet, exactly. he's a sweet, he, innocent he won, kid. Bro. Yeah. He <laughs> and that's what, when I, when I saw him, when I saw him, like, he, he looked at me, and, like, I show you the picture, like, he's, he's at, a, like, a smile and stuff. He yeah, looked yeah, at me, yeah. and he gave me a smirk, and I was like, oh, yeah, look how tough you are, bro. Like, like, look, you're dad. I've never broken a bone. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I've never broken a bone. You were tougher than me, kid. He's like, Yeah, I'm pretty tough. <laughs> I'm pretty tough. Yeah. Like, when, yeah. when you sent me that picture of him with the broken arm, I was like, Yo, what the hell is this kid smiling at? <laughs> I was like, Yo, he's faking it. He's faking yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shout out to him. Yeah. We have a long, like, he's getting, like, I told you, he's getting, yesterday was a badge of honor. Today, he's like, he's fully annoyed with it. Like he can't, yeah, yeah. he's realized like he can't, and it's of course it's, it's got to be his right arm where he's right hand dominant, so he does everything with his right hand. So now he's got to learn how to do everything with his left hand. Uh, he he's a big gamer, and he can't. We haven't figured out a way to play his any games on his iPad. So uh, we're getting through it. We're getting through it. Oh my god! Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. There's so many things that you need. To be able to like, I, I don't want to get into the details of this because it's gross. But a poor little kid wiping his booty, like he's got to make oh. sure he, he's there. Right. <laughs> We've already done that this morning. Okay, yeah, we've already got there. Yeah, <laughs> one of the perks, the one of the perks 24. of being a dad, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wiping other people's butts. <laughs> you, oh, you, 
You want me to wait 24 hours okay. to go to the ER? Here we go. Guess what? I've got <laughs> stomach problems. <laughs> I can see him just eating bad food on purpose. Yeah. Like, Dad? <laughs> it's the one we talked about last week with the Tyreek Hill's kid getting back. Lucky he's yeah, not burning exactly. down my house, right? He's a... <laughs> But anyways, people, let's get on. Let's get on to this episode here. We, we've already talked about. We want to start a segment, probably a weekly segment. We're just gonna call this the Cheesemith segment. There's a lot of Cheesemith that's gone on this week. Uh, I know you want to start, so I'm gonna let you go ahead and start out and, and ask the question. Uh, when we're talking about the University of Texas basketball coach going at UCF. Go ahead. Let me let me hear what your question is. Yeah. So they they lost the University of Central Florida. In the in the line at the end of the game, which you know I've always believed in deeply. Like I feel like that lining up to to acknowledge your opponent at the end of games is, is such a great build of of moral character. And in this line, the UCF players are throwing the horns down. And so for anybody that doesn't you know, uh, the University of Texas Longhorns use a hand signal to uh, signify being a Longhorn, right? With the the index finger and pinky finger uh, being pointed up in the air. And the teams, particularly, I would think, who would have started this? I would imagine it would have been either Texas A&M or the University of Oklahoma. Yeah, it's a, I think it's an trend, But have started Or when they defeat the Longhorns, they uh, point that symbol down to the ground, as in uh, defeat, right? Horns down. Now, I do want to say that Texas, the University of Texas themselves has done a pretty good amount in even going as far as uh, printing t-shirts that say, oh, you still sucks, right? And they have their own history to that. Yeah, just staying facts. Just facts. What was was your response to that? Like, should the coach, the UT coach, uh, because he got very upset, and should he have responded that way to the players and basically started calling them classes? But he was clearly angry. It wasn't just like him like telling them not to do it. He was upset. Is that the right response as a coach? And is that okay to do horns down in a moment when you have defeated the University of Texas? All right, I'm going to come at this from different perspectives, right? First off, as a fan, as a fan of the University of Texas, um, I get annoyed when teams do horns down that are like like a UCF, like if Kansas does it, right? I don't get annoyed with OU, who's a rival. With Texas A&M, if they did it, like that's a rival. Gotcha. Like that that one, okay, like we hate you, you hate us. Like absolutely. OU sucks, that's just stating facts, right? It's not opinion, it's a, just it's a fact. OU sucks. <laughs> so, and so rivals get a pass. Rivals get a To me, rival. yeah, that's okay. But when... You said now if I'm putting my coach's hat on, right? Um, I think he's right to like it is. It was classless for UCF to do that in the in the shaking of the hands line. I think that's that's which I agree. Yeah, I which agree I agree that. that that was classless. Uh, I think uh, the head coach of UCF should have been the one to shut that down. I don't know if he didn't see it or what, because it was kind of yeah. happening behind him. So that's I don't think that yeah I don't think that coach saw it. And I don't yeah, think yeah. any coach kind of let that happen, especially in that moment, unless there's like personal beef. But you're right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it should have been UCF coach's job to to let them know and and point that out. 
Um, so yeah, it was classless by UCF, um, but also like kind of my always take of that is um, like beat UCF, bro. Like if you win the game, Texas, they're not doing the horns down. Right. Yep. So go out. Don't let, d- don't let it happen. Don't give them a reason to put the horns down. Right. So everybody's fault. And like this coach, um, uh, he's not known for being a hothead. He's not known for for yelling, for raising his voice. So, uh-huh. so I'm thinking that uh, I'm wondering if you had that same energy when you got back to the locker room at your players. Right. Oh, yeah. Take that same energy. Like, look, they're over here disrespecting us because you just lost to UCF, right? You just lost to UCF, so you lost that game. So now, like, bring that. Which maybe he did because this morning they just uh, beat Baylor, who was ranked number eight in the – and so maybe they they took that hurt. Maybe he changed it around. But as far as, like, yeah, although all all things can be true. It was classless, but it's also Texas' fault. And uh, it is what it is. Yeah. Go into the next Chiefsman segment where we got to talk. We'll keep it college basketball. We'll go to women's college basketball. LSU. The LSU women's, the defending champs, have been nothing but Chiefsman this whole season. So much drama going on with the LSU. The latest happening with Angel Reese, of course, which is, I won't even say latest because it kind of starts. Start with yep. her this season. Um, what what are, what are your thoughts on the, on the latest Angel Reese situation or just the LSU situation in general? Um, I forget. I think her name Mulkey, right? Is the coach's name? Who by herself is like yeah, her Kim Mulkey, yeah. Um, and has like a very kind of these like obnoxious tirades on the side of the on the on the sidelines. Um, and I don't know if you saw this though too. They had a, a multi dress day where like fans were supposed fans to come dressed in up. Yeah, yeah. Outrageous! Obviously, I thought it was hilarious. And I, also, if I was that coach, I'd be a little. I think I'd be a little offended. But either way, right? As like a as a coach and, and with Angel Reese, I don't know that. For me, Angel Reese is not a superstar. Is she a superstar to you? Yeah, yeah, she's a superstar. Okay. She was the because best she was the best player on the best team last year. She's been dominant. Absolutely. Yeah, to, to me, I'm like and alright, so I guess this is the thing. For for me as a superstar, you have to be like a closer, right? And that's kind of where this came up from was that she had a game recently where they gave her the ball at the end of the game and it wasn't in like a post situation. It wasn't they, like she's there at half court like dribbling back and forth, winding down the clock like she's like a shooting guard. And uh, and did what, like, essentially you're always taught in those situations not to do, which she basically dribbled into a double team and got the ball stripped from her and lost the game. And she didn't even get a shot. And those types of things are not things that superstars do, right? And you're talking about the stuff at the beginning of the season where she's, like, out of the – out of a uh, – or away from the team, I should say, for I think it was like two weeks for I don't know what exactly. They didn't really clarify or, or tell anybody what it was about. But when she came back, she talked about 
like mental health or getting herself straight, which I don't know. That can mean a lot of things. And my concern in those things too is particularly with someone like we've seen with like a Kyrie Irving is like, how much is that a cop out for just not giving a shit? But either way, right? Like everybody gets the benefit of the doubt when that's brought up and they should. But I don't necessarily know that to me, Angel Reese is like that person that should get the benefit of the doubt when there's this like uh, particular persona to her, which you seem to love. And I don't particularly like from her especially. Yeah, yeah. I love I love the confidence in her. I love uh I'll whenever there's somebody controversial like this, um I always look to what uh her teammates or somebody's teammates says about them as opposed to what coaches say as opposed to uh you know what is said yeah, on the media true. and stuff like uh kind of what we talked about uh old boy uh quarterback from the Saints last week um what's his name having a brain fart back uh, Eric Carr or No no the back yeah, Jameis Winston, right? Like, he's always presumed, like, to be a big old fuck-up. But his fucking teammates love that dude, right? There's not one teammate. And they all had his back after all that, right? It's kind of the same with, with Angel Reese. They all, the, his her teammates, besides Flojay, there seems to be a little bit of problem with Flojay and Angel Reese. But uh, all in all, like, the, uh, you know, she seems to be all right with her teammates. This, this is my argument to that, though. As a teammate and, like, a person on a team, like, how much do you seem like a jerk of a teammate, though, if you come out and air out dirty laundry? Like, how much are you just taking that because you're like, I'm just not going to bring up drama because I'm just not that type of teammate? Yeah. Not because you like the person or support them, but because you're, I'm not going to mess things up or create distractions for my team. Yeah, but I mean, there's ways to do that, right? You can say, uh, next question, I really don't want to get into it. I really, you know, we're going to talk about the team and stuff like that. And and teammates are usually boosting her up, right? No, she's great. She's a leader in this team. We like playing with her. Those are are usually the kind of answers that we're getting from her teammates. I will say, I will say that... um, the when you look at all these problems that LSU is having, you can't go no further than the the head coach, all right? And Kim Mulkey has been a drama person her whole career, right? She has been uh, the center yeah. of spotlight and always wanted to be the center of spotlight. It's like case in point when you're talking about her clothes and stuff, right? It's always about me. It's always about my way. It's either this way or the highway. She was like that at Baylor. Um, and so, uh, she, to me is whenever you we talk about Karen, um, like she's the one that, <laughs> that, that pops into my mind, right? Yeah. She, and so I think a lot of this stuff is, is her, a lot of this stuff is when you hear her talk, like you, I question how being a young black woman in sports could be coached by her right like the, yeah. knowing what knowing what she believes yeah. knowing how she is knowing like how would you take that right because to me there's not really leadership she may she she's a great coach when it comes to x's and o's right absolutely right 
She's one of the best to ever do it. But a leader? And you think her style actually doesn't fit like this modern generation either, right? Yeah, yeah, it's not. And it got but it got her a championship because she's got the players. She's got an Angel Reese. She's got a Flo J. She's got and like I said, her exit and O's like it is great, right? It's just she's she's gonna be gone soon. Like her her type of she's not gonna last as much longer at LSU because people are just not gonna want to deal with her. And so now, yeah. Now, as a as a team, though, if if the let's say Angel Reese plays well or decently, she's not above and beyond, and LSU doesn't make it, who does that fall on? It falls on the coach. Is that just strictly a coach that kind of where it always lands as a on yeah? The it has team, to stop and stuff. Let me just an angel. That play, that play that you were talking about before, that was if you if you heard the press yes. conference afterwards, Kim Mulkey, they asked her like, why would you have Angel Reese as like the point guard there? Like, why not put her down on the blocks, get her the yeah. get, and and she was, uh, I don't want to like misquote her, but she quote like she was just saying like. Well, I just wanted to show, you know, Angel Reese. Like, it, it seemed personal. Like, hey, you're the, you want to be all this and that. Like, let's see what you got. And it kind of just like yeah. left her out to dry, pretty much. Yeah. Right. Do you do that? Like, I don't understand why you would do that. One, in the middle of a game, if you're going to do that, you do that shit at practice. Right. And show her out at practice. You don't show her out in a game and then go back and show her out. In a press conference, what she's done all season, all season long, she's been tearing down a bunch of players. I, I can't think of her name, but there's a player who is like their third best player on the team who is no longer on the team, right? Is your guess that the the issues or the reason why she's gone related to their relationship? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's between those two. I think it's a battle between Kim Mulkey and Angel Reese. And that that's not a personal thing. It's more like she like was told to leave, and they like figured out reconciled. I like, think they're oh, having right. trouble. Like like Mo, like I said, Moki wants to be the star. Yeah, Moki wants to be the star. Moki wants to be the reason that they're winning. But all talk has been Angel Reese, and so Moki is like, "Hey, I'm the head coach. You're gonna do this." And so what is Moki gonna do? Is she's gonna put Angel Reese in a position? Where she knows that she's going to fail. Like putting Angel Reese as a point guard in the last seconds to try to win the game. Like, you know, like that's not setting up your team for, for success. and not setting up the player for success. Um, and to me, it's just, it's just Karen Mulkey, to me, is the reason for all this drama. But I want to say, moving on, that's a perfect segue. To the other cheese man, which I think is the top cheese man of the week, is RG3 and Jay Gruden. Who knew we needed this drama in our life this week? But we for sure needed it. Yeah, no, I'm I loved it. And I really I'm not a fan of like RG3's commentary and him as a commentator analyst. I mean, I don't hate him, but I'm you know, I'm not particularly impressed by it or or like look to see his like analysis of things but this like 
I always want to say Twitter, but what is it? X feud now is, um, is like incredible. The like just full on back and forth that they're going on publicly. Um, and the way in which they're like clearly just being like, all right, it's even though this is all, it doesn't matter no more. Like it is your fault. Right. Um, what seems to have come out is RG3 has brought up all of these different points where he got thrown under the bus by Jay Gruden and even like certain comments that he was quoted on of like calling out his teammates where he was basically brings up that Jay Gruden was the one that, um, <coughs> that Jay Gruden was the one that, uh, actually like told him to say those things in the media to call out his teammates. I mean, all of these things are great. And then I would say too, that Jay Gruden, who I think we've known this when he was coaching is like, maybe one of the pettiest people we've ever seen and what did not hold back from calling out RG three as like, just not essentially good enough. Do you have any of those like X quotes from those guys? Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to pull up like, uh, like the timeline and get it like everything. So it, it all started with uh, Jay Gruden saying, uh, if if I ever put a QB through what Philly is putting Jalen through, I apologize. Pick up a blitz. And I I did not cast a few, to, of course, until, like, well after. But, like, Jay Gruden having that tweet, like, I would first go, uh, hello, RG3. Right? Like, that would be my first mind. I was like, yeah, what did you do to RG? Do you not remember? And so, Jay, I mean, uh, RG3, less than half an hour later, uh, <laughs> that was a picture of himself with his glasses down and just said, say what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love. And then uh, Robert Griffin, RG3, says, you told me you didn't know how to coach a QB who could throw and run like me. So it looks like you weren't prepared, Jay. And then Jay Gruden his back with a, a gif of a boy that escalated quickly. And then Jay Gruden hits him and says, "You weren't prepared, Robert." And now we're now we're just in it, right? At this point, these guys are going after each other. Yeah. Uh, the, so one thing I want to bring up that I, I want to say that uh, Carlos Rosario is going to be joining us in a few minutes. Oh yeah, getting, yeah. Carlos, the champ, champ is uh, is who always brings this up, and I always like. There's moments where I forget, but always reminds me of the straight-up abuse that Mike Shanahan put on RG3 in his rookie season in Washington in playing him in the wild-card round after, I yeah. believe, that he had, like, some torn ligament at that point, right? Did he already have, like, yeah, a torn Yeah, he, he went into that game, like, questionable. And he couldn't walk. Yeah. Like, he, he was, like, hobbling. And then they just kept calling, like, QB left, QB right, QB draw. At that moment, yeah. and it's like, what are you doing? And and really just took full advantage of him. And, I mean, look, they, there's so many parallels. I'm going to go super deep on this, right? Like, and what many people would think is controversial. But, like, people would go and say, like, how much the NFL, because of non-guaranteed contracts and being able to cut players after injury, is very much, like, slave plantation-like. And I feel like that for me was the moment that was the example for me where I was like, Oh yeah, they don't give a shit about these guys. Mm -hmm. And particularly you're looking at a white head coach 
and a black QB who was supposed to be like the face of the of the NFL, face of the league, and what we're seeing now with someone like a Lamar Jackson, who that game has just started. Um, that was like full on abuse, and and um, and also let me say too, as as I introduce him, and I have hesitantly introduced, but Carlos, the two time two time champion, two time. So I gotta give him a shout out. I although I hate to, and he's like sitting right next to me, and it drives me nuts that I gotta do it, but but definitely you're, you're in the midst of greatness. <laughs> you surrounded it definitely. Came back this year and dominated in, on a, an incredible playoff run, and you know, I, I want to say too that the the, the runner-up um, Jonathan Rua, if, he, if he's listening to this, also mentioned to me this week. He was like, "I played an incredible final game and scored 146 points." These are Jonathan's quotes, and he was like, "And this guy still beat me. Like there was no stopping him." And and there was no question. <laughs> Car- Carlos is run to the finals it was it was undeniable i couldn't even do it on some matchup shit where i'd be like ah he just got the right guy at the right time he was gonna d- defeat all of us so shout out to carlos and, and his second fantasy championship in the last three years oh, thank you thank you <laughs> and I'm, I'm what, hoping it, y'all can't what an introduction <laughs> bro that was better yo that was better uh, than yeah. michael buffer man the way you introduced him right yeah yeah no i had to i had to i mean if you win this league, you got to get the shout out because it is a very competitive league. And for a 12 man league, like, you never know who's going to win it. And I am shocked in this year, even though he had a much better roster this year than the first year that yeah, he yeah. won. It's funny, like, when you talk about. Quarterback. When, when you talk about our league, right? I always think about, like, when you listen to, like, podcasts, like, fantasy football podcasts, and, like, who to pick up this week, who to pick up this week. And it was like, there we don't have those guys picked up. Like everybody, you can't like those guys are gone, right? The waiver wire is like slim pickings because everybody knows what they're doing. Uh, Ultra competitive, yeah. Yeah, like you just, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's going. It's been. Has it been a decade already? Yeah, this was I think the twelfth year. Twelfth year. Thirteenth uh, year. Thirteenth year. I know. Let me also say sorry too. The first two-time champion in the league, which there's there's been four two-time champions in this league, but you just four. were just four, <laughs> which doesn't make it sound as competitive, and in reality, all of those, like, uh, I'm, I'm almost going to, I'm going to hate on the one Ravens fan in the league, as the Ravens are playing now, Zaquan. Zaquan won his titles in the most unusual fashion, where he was like almost like a 500 team, but you were the first two-time champion of this league one of those actually forced the full like league rule change yeah. where we stopped drafting defensive players because yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. you won first oh, yeah yeah back. yeah we should nah. go back to that nah, we, we should, should go back to that that's what i'm talking nah. about defense wins championships because this man is retired and so all he gets to do is watch him and Irwin. i feel like are the one the two guys in our league <laughs> they get to sit around and are like somehow like scouting way better defense than the wins championships we should go back to it right but, Shout uh, out to Earl, also had, yeah. who also has a, a title in this league and also forced a rule change because he stashed every single good player in yeah, the league and forced me to cap off the number of positions. <laughs> yeah, he did. You could, yeah, players he did. positions you could have. I, I call that the Irwin rule. <laughs> um, genius move, but also like shady as hell. He had like, I think he had like 
like freaking like six of the top ten fucking wide receivers. Yeah. Just <laughs> yeah, like, and he wouldn't even trade nobody. Yeah, like bro, yeah. he's on your bench. Yeah, I remember that year. He knew what he was doing. And, yeah, and yeah. That was that's a flaw of mine in the, in the league, and then we had to change it. And I mean, genius move. Genius. Yeah, rule. I didn't get him two chips. Yeah, damn. <laughs> <laughs> he, I know he's gonna remember that if he ever hears that. Well, Earl would be big. He is the first two-time champ. That's that, right, but that was before Showtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. In the league that we played that, that inspired me to start Showtime. But. <laughs> anyway, but get, let's get back. Let's get back on track. Um, I don't even remember where we left off. But uh, let's get back. We, we, we're talking about Jay Gruden. Yeah. Yeah, RG3. So Jay Gruden responds, right? And he was like, you are right. We didn't have a good enough staff. Sorry, Hope as well. Which is a staff because historically, uh, that Washington staff is one of like the greatest staffs of all yeah. time. Two of those head coaches... Going face to face this week in the divisional round, yeah, yeah, Lafleur for the Green Bay Packers and Kyle Shanahan, which is very interesting. The son of the or, original abuser from this whole story, the RG three, um, which yeah, and what I would imagine that he was the quarterbacks coach at that time. Yeah, yeah, that I mean, he's been part of that even whole to be like just use them up, and it, they just keep. Uh, one of the main guys that uh, w- the offensive corner who's playing in this game right now for the Texans, yeah. um, they just keep popping up from the staff, and he was uh, he was on that staff. Uh, also, what is his name? This dude over here. You know, he's one of the top corners being being uh, interviewed right now. Which also. I might be wrong, but I think at some point was also on that Washington staff with that line of coaches was Sean McVay, the now head coach of the Los Angeles Rams, I believe, was a tight ends coach of that. Of that he team. was a defensive assistant. Yeah. So, I mean, and and granted, these guys were probably all way too young to be good coaches. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. yet, like, how much did they learn about managing teams from completely destroying the career of RG3? Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. They, and right? That, like, that is a what if, team? right? The sacrificial land to all of their careers. But that, that team was brilliant before he got hurt. Yeah. yeah. No, they were on a run. Yeah, man. You know, how we everyone forgets about Alfred Morris. Hold <laughs> on. This man came with so Alfred the, Morris. The reason that makes me crack up <laughs> is that Cardinals drafted Alfred Morris one year with this first round draft pick. Yeah. And I remember all of us. I think even in the chats were like cracking up. But yeah, Alfred Morris. RG3, I mean, this is the thing. Who's more petty in this? RG3 or Jay Gruden? Both of them no longer on teams, right? And at this point in their lives, like, as the former coach, do you still have to take the high ground? I don't play that no, he, do, he does not have to take the high ground. Like, he's no, first off, he's like, he doesn't have to take the high ground because nobody is looking at him to be a coach anymore. Right, like that ship has sailed, and he knows that. As I as I'm like as I was looking up stuff for for this uh, for this podcast, I see him on like he's on a podcast himself. He responded on a podcast himself, and it looks like he's like two teenagers are on this pot. Like he went yeah, to yeah. two teenagers on this podcast, and they're like, oh man, he's like 
he's at the bottom of the barrel right now. And so, I like, mean, those, his sons, if, I don't know if he's got sons, but those might possibly be sons who are future NFL coaches that destroy other careers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you got, here you go. Here's the historic staff. You got, you got Matt LaFleur, head coach of the Green Bay Packers. You got Sean McVay, head coach of the Rams. You got Shanahan, who we talked about, the 49ers. You got Mike McDaniel, who's the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Damn. And That's then, right, McDaniel was a- Yeah, and then you got Bobby Slowick, who was the guy I was talking about, who is the offensive coordinator for the Texans right now. And which, That's will, right. which will probably be a uh, head coach, a head coach this year. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a Titans head coach. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they're both petty. Um, I'm I'm here for the is, petty. Is RG three petty though? I mean, yeah. I mean, the way he responded with that, like, say what? That was kind of petty, right? Uh, but they're both to me. They're both like speaking their their own individual truth into this. Yeah, but what, what, but what kind of say what was it? Was it like no? It was what? like a say what? Yeah, like, yeah. There's a picture of him. Yeah, with, with his glasses, glasses down. He's like. like <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't a say what. No, it wasn't a say what. It was a say what. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the thing about I think there was one tweet though that I was like, "Oh, this was this is now like they're never gonna reconcile." I think Jay Gruden sent one that was like, "You weren't good enough." Yeah. And then was like, Cleveland didn't want you. Yeah. Baltimore, Baltimore didn't want. Also didn't want you. Yo, when Jay right. when Jay Gruden hit him with "Go race a pigeon," <laughs> damn, I didn't even see that. <laughs> he hit him with "Go race a pigeon," because you, I think wow. last year he's been racing the Seattle Seahawks, like that's been his thing for for games that he's announced. Yeah. And he oh said, "Go race okay. a pigeon." Shit. Here you go, Jay Gruden. Also, he said, "You weren't good enough. Kirk was better. Cleveland didn't want you." <laughs> Baltimore didn't either. Quit blaming me. Yeah. That one. Yeah. That yeah. one's vicious. <laughs> that one's vicious. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I love it. I want more of it. Like, yes. Here we go. Oh, hey. But let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and move on from the Cheesemith segment on to the NFL, right? Uh, we, we, we previewed the NFL playoffs last week. Uh, my picks were a lot better than yours, as you know, is custom Jeez. to uh, about to this, to this episode. This I want everyone to know that you're the Jay Gruden in this relationship. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Look, I just you call it petty, I I call it facts. Okay, it's just a fact that I pick better than you did, right? It's just a fact. Okay, that sounds like something Jay Gruden would say. <laughs> it's just a fact. Out of the six games, I got four of them right, and you got two of them right. So it's just a fact. That's questionable. I got to go back and listen to the tape because uh, I think I might have got three right. No, no, you're wrong. Either way. Anyways, I'll, I'll what, what from last week? Was there anything from last week that surprised you um, that kind of stood out to you as we as we look back at the wild card weekend? Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to throw it to Carl. What's the most shocking thing to you of last week? I really thought um, – I was I was gonna say the Lions. Um, the Rams were gonna beat the Lions. You know, you got you got you know, like you have a Super Bowl winning quarterback, Stafford. Or I think it's a Hall of Famer. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because of um, what's his name? Because of Calvin Johnson, right? But you know, 
still, like, I, I was really shocked that they lost that game. Yeah, I would say obviously that was the best game of the weekend. I think the final score was twenty four twenty three. Yeah, yeah, that was that was one of my picks that I got wrong. I definitely thought that uh, I I honestly thought uh, the Rams would make it to the to the NFC Championship. Um, I thought they would give uh, the Forty Niners trouble. Um, but but it's it's like poetic justice, right? Like here you have. um, the dude who got fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the guy wins the Super Bowl that you know that following yeah. season. You know, Jared Goff's been to the Super Bowl, but he's lost, right? Yeah. He, he, but he didn't show up, right? So I think uh, I think the question is still out is like who won that trade, right? Because yeah. Rams did win a Super Bowl, right? The Rams did win a Super Bowl that very next year after they getting did. Matt Stafford, um, but like Jared Goff. Just need another chance, right? It looks like a new organization taking the team who hasn't won a playoff game in thirty years. Yeah. Um, and so now, now they've got another home playoff game, which is crazy. I ain't gonna lie. Like when when the Lions first hired Dan Dan Campbell, I was like, oh, this is horrible. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like this dude's an idiot. Like he's biting kneecaps or whatever. Yeah. I thought it was a horrible, horrible, horrible. Uh, Hiring, but I got that totally wrong. Like he could be, he should be coach of the year. Honestly, the way he's turned around that organization, right? The way yeah. he's, I mean, that he brought in a former players who did not have coaching or yeah, coaching that experience. is that is a go to place to go now for free agents, right? Like mm-hmm. to turn that organization around in like three years is crazy. After thirty years of just being yeah. at the bottom of the barrel, yeah, you know, I read something really interesting that. In those three years, the city is making more money. Yep. So you know you you win. You know you win. You make money. That you know you have extended games. You're in the playoffs now. I forget what the the figure was, but it was like when I read, that, I was like, "Wow, that's a lot of money for a playoff game that the city stands to make." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was- also, I was say one thing about that, that coming up for this week in regards to just Detroit was there was a quote recently that they asked Baker Mayfield, and he was talking to players um, from, I believe, the Rams, his former team, right? Because he knows guys from that team. He's a backup over there. And uh, he was asking them about Detroit, and they said that he heard from multiple players it was the loudest thing they've ever heard in their lives. Oh, yeah, I bet. I bet. Stadium, that that fan base. There was clips of Detroit fans crying as that game was coming to a close. I feel you. It was just like, yo, that type of pain, man. Like, I feel you. Yeah, you felt that pain, right? It was like, uh, Mm -hmm. it's like one one yard short pain. It's nothing like that type of pain. (laughs) I cried at that Eagles game. (laughs) When the Jets beat the Eagles, I cried. I was like, this is great. This is my Super Bowl. This is the best thing ever. But uh, I think other big stuff, and I didn't know why. Like I didn't put these two together, and I, I should have. I picked, and you picked. We both picked the Browns to beat the Texans. Yeah. But um, there is something to be said now of the uh, the freaking uh, pendejo of a quarterback that I'm just gonna call it the pendejo curse, right? Of uh-huh. of Cleveland Browns uh, trading for that Bendejo as a quarterback, uh, of course uh, I, yes. I don't want to say. So if you think about it, right? Uh, and we're not talking about Joe Flacco. No, we're not talking about Joe Flacco. 
right. We're <laughs> talking. We're talking about the massage guy, right? Um, <laughs> if you think about it, C.J. Stroud is a draft pick that they got from trading Deshaun Watson, the Bendejo, yep. right? Yep. Also, if you think about it, in order to to get that Bendejo on the team, they had to trade away Baker Mayfield, who is still in the playoffs. Yeah. Right. So the curse of the Bendejo is is strong and going strong on Cleveland as uh, they lost and got pretty much beat up by these Houston Texans. Unfortunately, like I I'm with you. We talked about earlier, I think it was offline. Like we we hate to to say anything good about Houston Texans being a a big time rival of our Tennessee Titans. And we hate to see yeah. them succeed, but like it's like me seeing the Giants succeed. Yeah, yeah. it's it's just I, I will say this though, in talking about coach of the year, D'Amico Ryan. D'Amico Ryan, yeah, yeah. Right? And yeah. particularly, you know, rooting for that guy as a black head coach, you know, he's yo. I yeah. mean, starting from the draft this year, right? They got yeah. in the draft, they get CJ Stroud and they get a top linebacker. Will Anderson. They're deep, they're deep, and uh yep. and now they're in the second round of the playoffs. It, like it's a one thing to just make it into the playoffs. But the, and it doesn't matter, right? Because if you want to bring up division stuff and how weak that division is, that's one thing. But then to win as a rookie QB, and that's ultimately, I think, what we were picking last week was we were picking experience over inexperience in in Flacco over CJ Stroud. But in reality, like, you know, this team put it together, and, and like, that was an ass whooping. Yeah, like, yeah, it was. It was. They put it together. I was um, when I saw the score. Another, another, uh, you know, I. I don't want to say surprise because I didn't pick them. Uh, I knew how they react in the in the playoffs, but the Cowboys getting beat up by the Green Bay Packers. So I'll say that was my shock of the week. I, I was not that they lost, but that they lost so like convincingly, like that they were. Yeah, young. yeah. So listen, listen. I'm just gonna say it, and I've been saying this for years. Dak Prescott is good enough to win you a fantasy football championship. Okay, Carlos. <laughs> He's good enough to win you a fantasy football champion. He is not good enough to win you a Super Bowl, nor will he ever. He is the Black Kirk Cousins, okay? We said time and time before on this on this podcast, he is the Black Kirk Cousins. He's all about numbers, but he's got nothing behind those numbers, right? He's not a leader of men. He is not anybody that, you know, that that you look to him like, oh, come on, he's gonna lead us to the to the championship. Let's go follow that guy. He's not that dude. You don't think he's the leader? No, no, absolutely not. Really? What is he showing to show that he's a leader of anybody? When if when if he's been like, hey, come on, I'm gonna lead you in this game to go win it. Right? There's not been a game where like that Prescott, oh man, he put us on his back and and he led us to that victory. Right? Or he anytime is any kind of pressure, anytime he's playing a team, anytime that's good. Like you're not looking to Dak Prescott to win you that game. You're looking to the defense, right? You're uh, before you're looking at Ezekiel Elliott in the past couple of years. He's just not that dude. They're not gonna win it, and I love it. I love it. I love hating on the Cowboys, and I love. Please, please so have. This is the, the relationship I'm really curious about. Is clearly from this year leading the league in receptions. I think there's like 136 or something like that. CD Lamb is that dude like he might be he's in that like justin jefferson conversation yeah right? absolutely now they get rid of Dak prescott right and now and i'm thinking how much is that based off of like because i don't know that cd lamb trusts Dak prescott after this year but or believes that he can win but 
take away Dak Prescott, I don't know that C.D. Lamb is going to get 136 receptions in a year, right? And how much does his game decline if Dak Prescott does not stay? If he has Matt Stafford, he'll double that. <laughs> he'll double that. <laughs> He doesn't want to say because he needs a better coach. So, which is very interesting. Right? Yo, How much would uh, L.A. Rams trade Matt Stafford at his, as his declining or his up in age status, right? And, like, he's also, like, one injury away from being done. Like, yeah, he's yeah. had all these injuries the last couple of years. Do you trade for a Dak Prescott? Do you make that trade if you're Sean McVay? No. And do you make that trade if you're the Cowboys? Only because I always love these stories of guys going back home and Matthew Stafford is a Texas guy. No, no, like I don't. First, like I wouldn't trade for Dak Prescott. All but right? you, that, I, Matthew, you wouldn't take Dak Prescott on the Tennessee Titans. No. Oh, you're crazy. Like, what do we? First off, like at what salary point? Not at the salary point that he has right now. Right, like I'm not wasting all that salary, and that's what he's gonna want and demand. Now, if you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you tell hey, me yeah. I could get a Dak Prescott, you know, for Super. what he's actually worth, yeah, yeah, I can do that. But we're not gonna overpay him. Uh, but uh, you were talking earlier about C.D. Lamb and how that those two work. His mom, C.D. Lamb, I don't know if you saw his mom went at it on, on X uh, with uh, she just pretty much just said Dak isn't it. Right, that's just <laughs> that was her, that was her tweet or her ex. I don't know how you say that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's gonna end up like Cam Newton. You know, yeah, yeah, the window's gonna rapidly close. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay, wait. Actually, quick take, hot <laughs> yeah. take. Who's better, Cam Newton or Prescott? Cam Newton. Who would you wrap Cam Newton? Team? You'd the- rather have take Newton. Yeah. At like, are you talking about like Cam Newton, like at the height of his? At, the, at both of their heights. Yeah, absolutely. Would you, I, I don't think Cam, you would Newton, take Cam is, Newton to lead your team is, over Dak Yeah, absolutely. Freaking literally, Cam Newton. I, like he doesn't get the respect that he deserves. Like he was, he was the tush push, right? Like in the goal line, like you were not stopping Cam Newton, and he didn't need his old lineman, right? He just he was Superman. He had his no, own. Right. You want to? Yeah. Yeah. You're right, Cam. I don't know, man. I think I just I uh, I don't like Cam so much that I can't. I don't understand why you don't like Cam Newton. He's a Cam hater. You are. I, I don't. Think he's it's almost. Hate. I almost feel like, and it, I've been. It's been kind of crazy, but I almost like you're a closet Dallas Cowboy lover, right? <laughs> I like you've I been. Like the, it all started. It all started when you when you drafted Ezekiel Elliott over Derrick Henry, right? A couple yeah. years ago. Yeah, man. You've you, been my cousin my whole life. I've known you my whole life. Yes, yes. And that's the meanest thing you've ever. I'm said sorry, bro, but I mean, you 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 hurt me when you keep saying this stuff like this, right? <laughs> like it feels like a betrayal to me. Like it's always been me and you versus the Cowboys, but you keep giving these compliments and like, <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. Cam Newton, no way. I love Dak Prescott. He's much better than Cam. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, Dak Prescott over Cam. Do you remember Cam Newton? I think mo- most of all, I'm just worried that there'll never be another black quarterback in the Dallas Cowboys ever again. They don't deserve him. This is it. Oh, they don't deserve him. Jerry Jones, old, uh, protesting ass of of uh, pe- black people going into his school. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> right, that's damn. That's right. Yeah, nah, you're right. They don't deserve a black quarterback. But moving on, another big upset from last week. 
which was kind of a, not really. I told you again it was going to happen. The Philadelphia Eagles take the big L against the Baker Mayfield-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What are your thoughts yeah, on that game? But they lost, they lost like the last, what was it, the last? Like the last the- six? Six of the last eight? Oh, my God. Mm. Even crazier, right? I don't know. Something ha- Something's happened in that team that I think, you know, like, like in teaching – you you got to make shifts like I you know like I and I think that that coach didn't do the necessary shifts man like he saw like you know he was just going with the same routine same plans and I think you know I think he had to kind of modify kind of like switch gears because yeah that offense that, to me was very was really very very predictable like it wasn't a complex offense it wasn't it, it, you saw it time and time I think there was like three or four different uh, Monday Night Football games that they were on, and uh, the Manning, the Manning, the Manning, uh, the Manning cast. Uh, each yeah, time yeah. they had a player on there at certain times during that game, and they would predict like what play was going to be run. Right? I think McCarthy did it once. Russell Wilson did it once. Uh-huh. And it was just so predictable. You knew what was going on, and that 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 offense without AJ Brown. Yeah, they, they didn't have uh, a chance. They, they, they didn't have anything. They didn't have anything, which is crazy because you still got Smith over there as wide receiver, who to me is also a number one type of receiver. Uh, but they just, like you said, there's something going on over there. To me, I would think that uh, that they would already gotten rid of this coach to go after uh, Bill Belichick. But that doesn't seem like, yeah, that doesn't seem like that's happening. Uh, but yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I don't know who would want like Belichick. It has to be a whole ship. I can think the, the only Falcons. Thing. He's about to go to the Falcons. Really? Yeah. He, he, first off, first off, Bill Belichick is the king of being in a crappy division. He loves being in the crappy division. That is a really crappy division. You're and right. The NFC South is the AFC East of the freaking two thousands. So it's not going to take much for him to dominate that that division and get, I think, I mean, what is he, like 15 wins away from, like, the all-time oh, I mean, he's wins record? Coach of the year. Yeah, I think, I think he's like. I also wonder, that, that was my, my, like, conspiracy thought or kind of was that he'll end up in Cleveland. Well, he started. Then he coached there. He yeah. started with them, right? With Saban. Wasn't Saban his coordinator? Yeah. Here's the thing, though. I don't think, like, if you have an okay coach, I don't think you're wanting Bill Belichick. Like, he's just not that sought after. Like, he, I think around the league, everybody knows, like, he's well past his prime. He's well, you know, it's over for Bill Belichick. He's not that good anymore. Has he what? Has he become predictable? Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. But but is Belichick the like the coach versus the GM, right? Because he's also like they got terrible personnel in, in New England. And I think you were talking about that of like, yeah, you, you can't if you take that away from him, it might change the scenario. My thing is just he just needs a really strong offensive coordinator. Mike McDaniels. No, but he's good. <laughs> Ain't nobody going over yeah. there. Mike McDaniels is Miami. 
So you like give him someone who can work with him. I don't know. Yeah, who, not what, not a defensive coordinator as an offensive coordinator. Like my, my like thing, he did two my, years ago. I'm sorry, I'm saying I meant Josh. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I was yeah. just gonna say that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Josh McDaniels, yeah. I could see him be going and being the yeah. offensive coordinator and working with the massage guy. Josh, come back to Papa. Come back to Papa. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I don't think he's not going to Cleveland. It's pretty much Atlanta. I think Atlanta's already put all their they've had two I think they've already had two interviews with him. Yep, I'm did. not sure they're interviewing him as much as he's interviewing them. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Right, and so I think, uh, yeah, I think I think that is really the only team that's kind of really serious about. It, there was a great meme on that. Uh, that they had like a picture of Belichick, and, and next to him was like uh, the Falcons logo, and it said uh, Falcons interview, and they were like. Name a time when you were faced under major adversity and found a way to come through and be successful. And then next to it was the score from the Super Bowl oh when they're down God. 28 to yeah. 3. And so how much, like, yeah. that thing, too, like, historically, like, how much are you, like, fuck this guy? If you're, like, a Falcon long-term in that organization, you're just like, this fucking yeah, guy. Why would you do that? Yeah, exactly. Why would you get the guy that destroyed your life? Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, because, I mean, that that also was Belichick's job, right? Like, he stopped that Falcons offense who had yeah, been, um, yeah, had been think, such a potent team in the first half. Honestly, like, I hope that, like, Belichick would just, like, go not even in the NFL no more. Like, just go to, like, some trashy-ass college and see if you can just rebuild that. <laughs> right? Take the Dion route. Yeah, yeah. There's no way Belichick would ever be able to put up with college. You don't think he'll take Nick Saban? He doesn't even like grown adults. He's not gonna work with college kids. He's not gonna be dealing with scandals and kids showing up late to meetings. As well, he's too old for that. Whose sons? Belichick's sons? Yeah, and they were and they were court. Well, there were coaches with him. Yeah, New England. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but I don't know where where else he fits. Now, I think one place we said, well, you're right. I think we should put it to rest. If he's if he's in Atlanta that often, it's yeah, most it's gonna like, be him. It's gonna be him. Tennessee should go. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I think we're too bad for him to to want to go there. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't want him. I, like, I we need. No, I, I wouldn't. Want, I would hate. I would be so pissed off if we got Bill Belichick. <laughs> Do you think he could be a cowboy? Even though the Cowboys have said that Mike McCarthy is yeah. going to be no, he can coach. be because he the power struggle between him and Jerry Jones would be yeah. too crazy, too crazy. But uh, it was a uh-huh. yeah. No, I was just going to go ahead and see if we can move on. Let's move on to this week's games. Okay, we've got uh, the first set of games is uh, what's going on right now. It is I'm at. The first quarter of 40 seconds left in the game. We've got uh, the Texans versus Baltimore. Right now it is 3-0 Baltimore. The Texans to me are, are in it more than I thought they would be. I, oh, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the Ravens are just kind of dusting off some rust right now. They really haven't played a meaningful game in like three weeks. 
And so I see, to me, I see uh, Baltimore Ravens at by the end of this game, it, it'll be maybe like a twenty-seven to ten type of uh, of beatdown. What do you think? I I think it'll be close. I think it'll be ten point victory, unless there's a major turnover like we saw in last week, where there's like a pick six. Turnovers are one thing, but a pick six is another, right? Or even a fumble for recovery. But those that turn into immediate points are the things that I think make the difference. I think it's something like Baltimore uh, 24, Texans 14. <laughs> what do you got? I got Houston by safety. Oh. By safety? <laughs> Yo, this guy, you got to put him on DraftKings. You got to go place a bet right now. Well, I'll tell you why. I tell you why, because um, Harbaugh's brother's there, and you know, like he's he's just jinxing him. He can leave him. You think there's a fix? He think he's jinxing him, or is he out there like with his binoculars out? Yeah, yeah, he's, exactly. He's like, he's like, he's like, Helping you know, him out. Yeah, he's All right, spying now. on somebody at some point. <laughs> all right, so Which we all. Move. Yeah, we got we got the Ravens over the Texans. So Carlos, he's got the Texans by safety. Uh, the game after this um, is a classic, a classic playoff game, right? There's been so much rivalry uh, with the Packers and the 49ers in the playoffs. You have uh, Brett Favre years; he went four and one in the playoffs versus the 49ers, and then you have Aaron Rodgers years um, where he hated the the 49ers, but they they had his number. He went one and four. Against the uh, the 49ers in the playoffs. So here we are back. A Jordan Love-led uh, Green Bay Packers, which is the youngest team in the NFL, is the Green Bay Packers. Which I'm, I was shocked to see these numbers before this week. I saw a stat that said Jordan Love had 33 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, fun. yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. You, look at your TV right now. You, you, I think you're like one play behind us. Yeah. You know what? I like. Bye. Bye, Felicia. I'm gonna, I, I don't. I think the Packers win. Right. I, but I hate the Packers. You know, I have. To. You know, yeah, yeah, like. Why? Why do you have to hate the Packers? Because half my family's from Minnesota. Oh, okay. I was thinking because because they gave you a broke up Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> that you you. Yeah, you can't root for the Packers. Yeah. And they did. Yeah, they gave they gave us a broke Aaron Rodgers. You took you happily took a broke Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I, I tell you, I was the first one to say we went in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And now, and now, let me ask you: Going into next year, right? A fully healthy, quote unquote, ayahuasca-led Aaron Rodgers leading your team. Uh, <laughs> do you still have that? Did you? Nah. Well, uh, I think we're lucky we make the playoffs. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, man. Aaron. I don't know, man. I think if he's fully healthy, 
They can go on a run. I say AFC Championship. No, uh-huh. come on, man. Like, he's 40. Like, he's not Tom Brady. Like, he... He's done. He's over. Coming back from this, even though I know he says that he's like he beat all the science, and he doesn't need science in his life because he's listening to dolphins fuck. And so, <laughs> bro, he listens to help his Achilles. I'm not gonna lie. I, he I listens to hear. dolphins have sex. I want to hear the dolphins now. <laughs> I just want. I just want to know. I'm gonna be like, what is? I mean, hey, maybe like, hey, my back's been hurting for you know 12, 15 years. Maybe I just need <laughs> to pull up dolphin porn, and that'll heal me right away. Ayahuasca, the ayahuasca, probably more. I don't see how the dolphin porn can hurt, but <laughs> wait, you mean? Like, okay. <laughs> Carl, I, I, Carl's I, just rejoining. He was watching the game, and all of a sudden, he's like, "What is happening? What is right? going on? Did you say horn or porn? Porn. 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 Oh, gee. Have you okay. not? Has, has he not oh, heard? Huh? Have you not heard that 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 has been part of his treatment, Aaron Rodgers? And he says he watches dolphin porn. He he, he listens to <laughs> dolphins have sex. Oh my god! And that <laughs> has been part of his therapy, physical therapy for his Achilles, and is why he can come back. So, de- and he's not playing around. This isn't a joke. This is real. He said, "Fuck science and doctors." I'm going to listen to dolphins have sex. And he... Yeah, that's, a, oh. that's a lot of ayahuasca. Look, that's I'm going yeah, to say this. I don't see how that has anything to do with what's happening on the football field. You don't see how that has anything? <laughs> do you want to be no. led by a person that believes that? No, I do not. <laughs> but what I think we're asking you to do, dolphin porn won't, won't hurt it. So let him watch it, whatever he wants, or listen to it. <laughs> so, all right, let's move on. Let's get this. I just want to push the Jets fans to, to crazy. Oh, man. How did we go to this? No, I do not want this guy. Anyways. Anyways, 49ers, Packers. Um, <laughs> Joe David. He'd be kissing everybody on the sidelines. Um, he can hang out with Masai. Guy. <laughs> 49ers, 49ers, Packers. I've got the 49ers coming out for this. I don't think the Packers defense... It's just not that good. And uh, they weren't that good going against the Cowboys, letting them come back and almost like they almost let them like make it seem like it's a, if you just scoreboard watch, right, yeah. you you would think that the Cowboys were in that game. But that defense is weak. Uh, I think uh, uh, McCaffrey and that offense – and Kyle Shanahan is just going to tear up that Packers defense. It's going to be a blowout. I don't see the Packers even being close. I have 49ers taking that game. Wow. By, by how, like what? What's the spread? Uh, like, like I, I think 14 plus. Okay. But it's not even like that's going to be like trash. Kind of like the the Cowboys game where it's gonna be trash uh, points at the end. Like it's not gonna be that close. Gotcha. Uh, I I think that that's probably be the case too. I I see a like it might be a blowout. Feel like a blowout. I think it's gonna be a very like clearly dominated game, and whatever that score is, like, it might even be like a seven point game, but it's not gonna be a seven point game. And I, I agree with you. I think that it's going to be an easy matchup, lopsided matchup. Carl, what you got? 
yeah. I, I have the fourth. You know, but this is part. I want. I want to see the underdogs win in all the games that I'm watching. You know, so I want to see the Packers win, but I can't say that. You know, because of my family. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you can't yeah, say that. Right? Can't say that. You know, yeah, but it'd be fun to see 49ers and Ravens in the Super Bowl again. You know? yeah, it's po- it's possible. It's a good possibility. Yeah. But uh, all right, ne- the next game is tomorrow. The first game, the first NFC uh, divisional game is the uh, the NFL division game. Is the Bucks at the Detroit Lions? We kind of talked about both. Both of these teams to me are kind of the underdogs of the of the whole uh, yeah. the whole playoffs. Um, shout out to Baker Mayfield, who again I think could be up for a, a comeback player of the year. I think he yeah. solidified himself. As yeah. as being a starting quarterback in this league, uh, yep. I know he's a free agent this year. Uh, hopefully, he gets back with the Buccaneers. Hopefully, they give the guys chance. Like I, I, I ain't gonna lie. Like I hated this dude uh, at first when he first came out, partly because he was Oklahoma, but he's always obviously an immature cat. I feel like he's grown up uh, yeah. since you know, kind of like hitting the rock bottom when he got traded away from Cleveland. Having to yep. go around to different teams, I think he's grown up and humbled himself a little bit. That um, also might be being like McVay and his influence while he was in LA. And yeah, that guy actually. Yeah, it's crazy to me like the importance of of young quarterbacks in general, like young players, of course, but young quarterback like going to a place that is set up right, right? Like they have your back, they they know what they're doing. Going to a place like Cleveland. For a young quarterback, it's almost like a death sentence, obviously. And so, <laughs> luckily for him, uh, he he's been able to to go around. I think he's found a spot. Um, but he's going to go into Detroit. That that place is rocking. We talked about them earlier. Uh, the Lions, to me, I think this is going to be the closest game this weekend, maybe. Um, but it should be a good game. But I think the Lions squeak it out. I think they just, on every aspect, are just better. As a team than, than the Buccaneers. Yeah, I feel like Tampa's got an outside chance. Like some things go wrong. Jared Goff throws a pick six, something like that. I think, I think Baker Mayfield can keep him in a game, I and mean, particularly an ugly game. Like I think he'll find a way. He's got so many weapons still, right? He's got Mike Evans still. He's got Godwin. Like he doesn't have. Uh, like his supporting cast is better than he is, is and so the fact that he's got that to his advantage, I think, I think they got a shot if some things bounce a certain way. I don't think it'll take a lot, and they can they can pull off an upset. But if I had to go based off of, if I'm betting money, I'm betting on the Lions, and I think they just they also are going to have that home field advantage again. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you are you betting money this weekend? I think I'm going to bet on that game. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Carlos? Uh, Who you got, Carlos? I, I think the Bucks are gonna win. Because uh, just the like we said before, defense wins championships. I, I, you know, Tom Balls. I think they're gonna draw up some good shit. You know, the only thing that might mess them up is that home field advantage that Detroit has. You know, but I want the Bucks to win. I think Baker Mayfield has something to prove. You know, you. I, you know, like with this guy rise back, you know, like you always want to see that comeback story, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. But it's also a comeback story for Jared for that, Goff. Yeah, well, I'm saying, I think I think the Detroit Lions just organization comeback story altogether yeah. is kind of kind of leads all that. But yeah, I definitely see that. And the last game of the playoffs this week, which was probably the best game last year, was the last year that playoff game went to double overtime, and we wanted uh, Buffalo to have one. Like they just kept going back at each other. Uh, may have been the best football game in the history of football um, last year. Those two going back at it. Now we've got it uh, again this year. This time, for the first time ever, Patrick Mahomes is on the road in a playoff game. He has not experienced that before. This is the first time going into a place where it's definitely like a road game, right? Because there's not going to This is Buffalo Town. They are high for this. Uh, to me, Josh Allen needs this win. This is his Super Bowl right now. Like, he is yeah. yet to... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, he is yet to beat Patrick Mahomes in a playoff game. He is yet to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, if they're ever going to get there, and this might be their last chance of, of it because it seems like this team is slowly uh, going away. I don't think Stephon Diggs is on this team next year. Um, so this is their last shot. And that being said, I've got the Bills. The Chiefs don't look like the old Chiefs. That offense has been struggling. Uh, I've got the Bills pulling off. Uh, I think it's an upset. I'm not sure what the what the money no, line is. Going in. Are they? Bills. Okay, yeah. And I think they yeah. should be. I think Buffalo takes this. I think it's, again, another classic type of game uh, back and forth. But I think uh, Buffalo pulls this out and finally uh, – Finally, Josh has to take that monkey off his back and beats Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I don't think that Kansas City has enough. I think that they're going to fall apart. It's also incredibly cold in Buffalo. And although it gets incredibly cold in Kansas City, I don't know that these conditions favor uh, Patrick Mahomes and that kind of little talent that he's got. Um, Also, back to you, and just really quick to your point, I think if they beat the Chiefs, and particularly convincingly, this team has a chance to stay together. But if they lose this game, they're not. It's all falling apart in Buffalo, I think. I think it's going to be picked apart. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I think either way, like, <laughs> Stephon Diggs is gone. What did he say? What did I miss? Finish that sentence. This is ridiculous. Jim Kelly needs to stay home because he, he curses the Bills. <laughs> the Bills are cursed, man. Kelly <laughs> stay home. Oh fuck! I, we said this last week as as Tennessee Titans slash Houston Oilers fans. Fuck the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually rooting for Mahomes. I have to remember that because it's like very deep, and I try to ignore it. But I think that is the team that I hate the most out of any. Is it really? The- I think Ooh, I've got. I mean, that's not the Cowboys, obviously, but Cowboys I, is like more. No, we, more we yeah, we know, we know, the we Buffalo know Bills. your love for the Dallas Cowboys. I'll hate them forever. I'll yeah. never forget them. Fuck them. And Frank Reich. <laughs> Fuck Frank Reich. Fuck yeah. you. I'm glad, I'm glad you got he- fired. Shout out to Carlos for joining us on this episode. Thank you. Appreciate Thanks, you, Ryan. champ champ. Again, congratulations on winning this. Two champ, wow. champ champ. Feels good. <laughs> Yo, we need to get a belt, bro. Like, we need to get a championship belt. <laughs> I was thinking about that. Yeah, yeah. Years I'll, yeah. I'll try to, yeah, I'll try to see what I can do. 
<laughs> the year is gonna come out as the year that I win again. So. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's be a long time. You'll never see it. <laughs> You'll never, never see it. Again. Again. It'll never exist. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's the primo Carlos. That's the primo primo Christopher Costello. I'm your primo Luis Velasquez. Thank you guys for joining us again. We are the puro pinche primos, and we are out. <laughs>